and we'd love to invite every one of you to come. I know we're pretty packed in here today. I thank you so much for squeezing in and uh, doing that. Um, you may have noticed the mezzanine is shut uh, at our conference this year. Things got a little rowdy on the mezzanine floor. There was a number of larger bodies up there, and everyone decided to jump at the same time. So uh, we lost a little bit of structural integrity. <laughs> um, uh, but the engineers are working on that, and uh, we will be back open and up and running as soon as we get the all clear on that. We thank you for your patience, and, uh, and it's, uh, it's not going to fall on you, don't worry, it's safe, but it's, uh, we're just taking a few extra precautions and keeping everyone safe, and I, I hope you uh, uh, can, can just, just work with us on that. Um, on that note, uh, this service, it, you know, it is going to fill up and it's going to keep filling up. And uh, so just really encourage you when you come. Like, don't stop coming just because there's lots of people here. Uh, it's, it's a great place to be in the family of God. So uh, just squeeze in. Uh, if, you, if you want a bit more breathing space, just choose another service. We've got three other ones that you can get to, 8.30, 11.30, uh, 5 p.m. Uh, they've all got a little bit of room in them. So if we start packing out too much here, uh, just, just choose another service. You, you'll be blessed. It's going to be, it's, uh, well, they're all the same. Uh, it's all me rambling on for a while. So we're going we're gonna to start our, uh, our new series called Red Letter Revival today. And uh, this series is all looking at the red letters that you find in the pages of your Bible. Uh, some Bibles have this, where the letters of Jesus, the words of Jesus are written in red. And so we, we really believe that the words of Jesus are just as relevant and just as powerful today as they have ever been at any point in history. And so we want to explore that Today we're going to look into Mark chapter 2, some of the red letters that we find there, and uh, I've called this message, Take the Day Off. And what I'd like to do this morning is just explore um, this whole idea of taking a Sabbath day of rest, and what God's heart is for each of us in the way we are to live this life He's called us to live. Let's go. Mark chapter 2, starting in verse number 23. Now it happened that he, that's Jesus, went through the grain fields on the Sabbath, and as they went, his disciples began to pluck the heads of grain. And the Pharisees said to him, Look, why do they do what is not lawful on the Sabbath? But he said to them, Have you never read that David, when he was in need and hungry, he, went, he and those with him, he went into the house of God in the days of Abathar the high priest and ate the showbread, which is not lawful to eat except for the priests, and also gave some to those who were with him. And he said to them, and if you're an underliner or a highlighter, underline this. And he said to them, the Sabbath was not, oh, sorry, the Sabbath was made for man and not man for the Sabbath. The Sabbath was made for man. The Sabbath was made for man. Man wasn't made for the Sabbath. Let's pray for a moment. Lord, we thank you for your presence here today. And I pray, help us to align our lives with the way you're calling us and have created us to live. God, we thank you for your word. And I pray, help us to live different, that we might live in the blessing of God, in your favor and live the best life we could possibly live. We ask this in the name of Jesus, amen, amen. I'm so thankful that my kids are no longer in kindergarten because when kids are in kindergarten, every day, on the daily, they're bringing home craft. You know what I'm talking about. They're bringing home egg carton monstrosities. 
that you can, like there's no one knows how to store them, what to do with them, and it's every day they're bringing something and, and they get bigger and weirder as time goes on. I believe that there's a committee within every kindergarten where the teachers get together and they think to themselves, how are we gonna mess with parents this term? <laughs> I promise you, that's what they do. Yeah, yeah, I've got some ideas, I've got some ideas on that. And there's, you know when you show up to kindy to pick up your kids and they come here, Daddy, I made this for you. The, the teachers are sitting behind that little mirrored glass wall laughing at you. There's, they're watching your face. They're going, yeah, we got him this time. We got him. It, it's, the, the pinnacle of this for us culminated in one day when Rocky, our youngest son, he was near the end of kindergarten and he, he, I picked him up and he gave to me this piece of artwork which was a, a gigantic piece of white paper with a two inch thick by dinner plate sized wad of dry blue Play-Doh. It was huge, like, he's like, Daddy, I made this for you. I was like, awesome. Looking at the teachers. <laughs> what am I gonna do? What am I gonna do with that? Where am I gonna store it? I was like, buddy, wow, what is it? It's the ocean. <laughs> kind of in that moment realized what kindy teachers were doing, messing with us. All you kindy teachers today. By the way, in the under fives, they're doing crafts today. <laughs> and all you parents are going home with a glittery rock. Be blessed. <laughs> I know there's like some value when your kids make stuff for you like that. You know, it's like, it's like sweet and they're thinking of you and it's like, oh. But by the end of the, the year, you're like, I have no idea. Burn it, burn it all. Like, just don't know what to do with it. So, but when you get older, as you get older and as someone matures and as they grow and, and when someone who's a bit older and, and who knows you really, really well, when they make something for you, when, when they think like it's your birthday and they think I'm gonna, I'm gonna put my hands to creating and crafting something for you because they're a bit old and they know you really, really well. When someone does that for you, the value and the practicality of what's created for you, it goes up. I'm not taking away from what your kids do, but I'm, I'm like, you know, when someone's really put some thought and has made something, hand, like it's the value of it go, goes up. Did you know that this passage, these words of Jesus tells us that God has made something for you. When God, the creator of the universe, makes something for you, how many of you know it's gonna have massive value in your life? And the words of Jesus tell us that God has made for man this thing called the Sabbath. And I know if you're in church the first time, or you're new to this, you're like going, what the heck is he talking about? What's a Sabbath? The whole idea, let me explain that. The Sabbath, it comes from, the word Sabbath comes from the root Hebrew word Shabbat. And it comes from the Hebrew verb Shabbat. And that simply means a, a stop, a pause, a ceasing of regular work. It's a stop. It's a pause. It's a reprieve from regular pattern of work. It's a stop. And God throughout Scripture he created this thing called a Sabbath day where you would one day out of seven rest. It was one day in seven where you would just stop 
your normal work. You would rest, rejuvenate, reconnect with him, be restored, take time out, recreate. Like you, it's, it's this moment where you just kind of like you stop doing work. You stop doing work. It's one out of seven, just stop doing work. And interestingly enough, this whole idea of a Sabbath, the Sabbath day starts, has its very origins in the beginning of creation. And then, not only that, but God goes on to add it to his top 10 list. You guys know how God has a top 10, right? 10 commandments, it's like God's top 10 laws. And the Sabbath made its way into his top 10. It's right in there with don't murder people. That's interesting. Don't murder people, take a day off. Exodus 20 verse eight says this, remember the Sabbath day to keep it holy. Six days you shall labor and do all your work, but the seventh day is the Sabbath of the Lord your God. In it you shall do no work. You, not your son, not your daughter, not your male servant, not your female servant, not your cattle, not the stranger who is within your gates. For six days the Lord, in six days the Lord made the heavens and the earth, the sea and all that's in them, and he rested the seventh day. Therefore the Lord blessed the Sabbath day and hallowed it. It made God's top 10. It made the 10 commandments that God's like, take, listen, take a day off. Work six, rest one. Take one day in that seven and rest that day. Now, let me tell you, first and foremost, you are not saved by keeping the 10 commandments. You don't receive salvation by keeping a whole bunch of rules and laws. You are saved by grace through faith in Jesus alone. But how many of you know when you keep the 10 commandments, there is blessing that comes to your life? It's a good idea not to kill people. It's also a good idea to take a day off. Take a day off. Jesus, in these words here, we see he's talking to these Pharisees who had made it this burdensome, legalistic thing that people had to keep, and they'd flipped it, where now man was serving this legalistic burden of a Sabbath. Like, they were getting told off for picking grain to eat it. I'm hungry, I'm gonna pick some corn. They're like, that's work. Don't, you can't tie your shoelaces, that's work. You can't, like, this was, the, this was the extent to which they'd taken this burden of the Sabbath, and all of a sudden, man was now serving the Sabbath, and Jesus is like, you've got this all wrong. The Sabbath was not made that we would serve it, but it was made to be a blessing to man. God made it for you. He didn't make you to serve it. God made it for you. It is a blessing from God. It is a blessing from Him. God, listen to me, church. God wants you to take a day off. Listen, as your pastor, I give you permission. Take the day off. Take the day off. The reality is in our day and age, this is probably one of the principles of the Word of God that we are the worst at. In a, in a technological age, in, a, in an age of constant connection and communication, of work that is out of control and busy, 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 it's, this is one of the things that we get so lost in and so messed up in. And for many here today, your life is out of whack, out of balance, your relationships are breaking down, your marriage is on the verge of destruction, your, your life, your, your mental capacity, your body is breaking down. And I think potentially it's because we've, we violated this principle that God's called us to live by, and that's to take a day off. 
to take a day off. My prayer is that you and I, we would realign our lives with the way God intended us to live and live this life in his blessing by learning what it is to live from a place of rest, to take a day off. Now, before all the religious people in the room start going, it's this day, it's that day, it's supposed to be this day, it's supposed to be that day. Let's forget about what day it's supposed to be and just be aware that it's a principle of God and we should just at least take a day. So let's not argue about what day it should be. Let's just be okay that it's a day. So one in seven is a day. So God has designed for us to live in this pattern and this rhythm where we work six and we rest one. What is a Sabbath day? I think for some here today, this might be the most ground-shifting message you'll hear all year because your life is so mental and crazy and out of whack that you need to come back into the alignment of what God has actually, how God's designed you to live. And, and so what does a Sabbath day look like? I just want three simple thoughts for you today. What is a Sabbath day? Firstly, it's a day of rest and recreation. Praise God for a little R&R. Yeah. I'm so thankful that God has called us to enjoy this life and he's given us stuff to enjoy. And, and God's design for the Sabbath day is rest and fun and play and recreation to do stuff that you enjoy to do stuff that you love and to stop your normal rhythm of work. So whatever work is for you, whatever you do to, as, a, as a form of work, whatever your work is, stop. Stop that and, 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 then, and take a rest from that and learn to recreate and do things you enjoy. Like, don't, don't get crazy on this. Don't start thinking, oh, but mowing the lawns, that's another form of work. No, 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 I don't mow lawns for a job. That's not my work, but I love mowing lawns on my day off. It's like a recreation for me, because it's, it's a weird OCD thing. Just forgive me. Pray for me in Jesus' name. But for me, that's not work. For me, that's, I enjoy that, I love that. It's like, a, it's like a restorative thing, it's a recreational thing. So don't get all crazy and messed up on this. Whatever your normal work is, stop. Put the phone down. Learn to turn your phone off. Learn to like, get unplug from social media. Stop answering your work emails. Like Life will be okay, things will go on. Stop answering like work calls. Some of you, you're like, even on your day off, you're checking, you're, you're, you're ringing in, you're doing this kind of stuff. It's messing with you. It's messing with you. It's that you, 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 your Sabbath is not designed to be a day where you keep on just, I'm just gonna dip my toe a little bit into it. No, 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 no. It's a, it's a break from work. And it's a day where you rest and you recreate and you do things you love. It's, a, it, it's that break away from your normal seven day a week thing. You take one day. I'm just gonna rest and relax and play and enjoy. Man was not created for the Sabbath. The Sabbath was created for man. My second thought is simply this. What's a Sabbath day? A Sabbath day is a day where we reconnect with God. It's a day for reconnecting with God. Pastor Chris Hodges says this. As we conquer and create all week long, we can develop an inflated and self-centered sense of our own power and sufficiency. A Sabbath reminds us that for one day a week that we are dispensable to the world, but not to our families, community, 
or God. A Sabbath day is a day when we actually just go, you know what, today I'm gonna refocus my heart, my mind, my spirit on God, on who he is and who he is in my life. And for many of us here today, this is your Sabbath day. We get to come together as a church family and we, we worship together and we sing and we, we hear the word and we get different perspectives on God and it helps us to know him better and it helps us to walk this journey with other people who know him as well. And it like, it refocuses us on who God is and who he is in our lives and there's nothing greater than the body of Christ, the family of God coming together and worshiping God together. I mean, I was like worship, I was like wrecked, man, I'm crying, there's baptism happening, I'm like, oh gosh. Like it's just co- focusing back on who God is and who he is in your life. It's reconnecting with him. I, I don't know how many of you got a cell phone, but I have a cell phone. Judging by your response, not many of you have them. You should look into it, they're kind of new, it's this thing. Um, but what I find is if, often if I'm using my phone a lot in the day, um, what I have to do is every time I get somewhere, I've got to, I've got to plug it in and charge it up because the battery is getting used every time I use it. And so when I, when I get in my car, I've got a little charger, so I plug it into the charger and then and I get out of the car, I unplug it and then I go into the office and I plug it in and, and then I use it again. But what I find is the battery never fully gets totally recharged. It's just little, little bits of charge, little bits of charge. It doesn't get fully charged until I go home. And then when I go home and I go to bed, I plug it in and I plug it in overnight. And so overnight, it just has this, this time. And when I get up in the morning, it's at 100%. I kind of view my daily and weekly walk with God in a similar way where throughout the week, I'm like plugging into God for a bit. You know, I'm just reading the Word. I'm praying. I'm getting a little charge. And the next day, I'm getting a little charge. And the next day, I'm getting a little charge. But this one day a week, I just get to come and just go, God, I'm just going to center myself on you. I'm gonna think on you. I'm gonna praise you. I'm gonna sing. I'm gonna worship. I'm, gonna get, I'm just gonna devote this day to loving you and connecting with you. And all of a sudden, the 100% mark starts to get hit. That's what a Sabbath is, what a Sabbath does. Sabbath is to be enjoyed. A Sabbath is to connect with God. It's kind of like the tithe. Like the, the principle of a tithe is that we bring the first 10% of what we earn We honor God with that first 10%. And here's what happens when you really understand the principle of the tithe is that you can then achieve more with the 90% left over than you ever could with the 100. It's just God's economy, it's how he works. You give God the first 10, the 90% goes way further than the 100 ever could if you kept it. Same is true with the Sabbath. When you give God the one day, you can achieve more in six than you ever could with seven. This is just the way God works. And real rest requires faith. True and real rest requires faith. Real true rest does not come from simply taking a day off. True rest comes when you know and you know that the God of heaven loves you, has made you, has a plan for your life, and ultimately he is in control. Then you can rest. Because you know he's got it. He's leading you, he's guiding you, he's holding your whole world together. The closer you draw to Jesus, the closer you draw to rest. He said, come to me all who are weary and heavy burdened and I will give you rest, rest. True rest requires faith and when you reconnect with with God, you come into that place of real rest knowing that God is the one who is in control here. Man was not created for the Sabbath. The Sabbath was created for man. My last thought is simply this. What's the Sabbath day? It's a day of refueling. It's a day of refueling. I write a lot of um, sermons, and 
week in and week out, a portion of my time is spent writing and creating sermons. And writing sermons is, is quite a creative process. So it's not like I just kind of grab a bunch of words and throw them on some paper and it's like, that'll, that'll be fine. It's quite a creative process because I'm thinking, how do I say this in a way that's gonna help make sense to people? How, what am I keeping in this and what am I throwing out of this? It's kind of creating this, this, this message which takes people on a bit of a journey and a discovery. And so there's, what, 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 what illustrations or stories am I using to help bring this to light and make it make more sense for people? And so it's quite a creative process. And what happens is sometimes in that process, and if you're a creative person, you know what I'm talking about. If you're a writer or if you're an artist or if you're a musician and you create things, um, you, what you'll find is that there'll be points in the creative process where you're so locked into the detail of trying to make it make sense and make it work. And you're sitting there going, nothing makes sense anyway when you preach, Steve, but that's all right. You're trying to make it make sense and, and, and you can get so locked into the detail, you almost get lost in it. And so what you have to do in the creative process is you, you have to just take a, a moment to step away from it and, and, and just take a breath. And I find often the best thing for me to do is just leave it and sleep and then come back to it fresh a new day. And then when you come and you look back in it fresh in a new day, you then get to see it a whole lot clearer than you were seeing it before. You can now make more sense of it and you, you, can, you can finish off what you were starting. Friends, that's the refueling process. It's that point where you step away and you just take a breath. You know, if, when, when, when the Bible says in, in the creation story that God rested on, the, on that seventh day, a literal, more literal translation would be, would be that God took a breath. He just took a breath. Because God was creating all week, and how does God create? God creates through word, and how do you have word? Through breath. So on the seventh day, God took a breath. And for each of us, it's that refueling process where we just take a breath, where we just pull away and stop. I was in Queenstown last week suffering for Jesus in a mighty way. <laughs> Bex and I were preaching at a, um, at a church camp down there. And um, I, I, by chance, my old running coach, uh, I ran competitively as a teenager, and my old running coach, he, was in, he lives in Southland, and he was there. And he's one of the um, top coaches in Southland now. And he was in Queenstown, and he said, let's catch up. And so we caught up, we hadn't seen each other for like 20, nearly 20 years. And we caught up, and I'm quite interested in coaching. It just, it's something that I, I, I really enjoy, and I'm interested in learning more about. So I was just talking to him about coaching. I was like, give me some thoughts, give me some tips, and like, school me, man, you're a legend. School me on some stuff. And um, one of the things he said to me, we talked for about an hour, one of the things he said just stuck out to me. He said, Steve, growth and fitness and development, you don't get that from training. I'm like, what you talking about? He said, you don't, you don't get fitter, you don't improve strength, you don't improve physically through training. He said, the improvement comes through rest. I was like, oh, that's interesting. He said, you can't train and train and train and expect to get gain and benefit. It's during the rest that the body adapts. It's during the rest that you grow. It's during the rest that the fitness that you've worked in in the training, that's when it actually takes hold and takes root in your body. And it's when the adaptation comes. It's in the times of rest. So he said, most people don't understand the power and the importance of rest. 
If you want to be an athlete that functions at your optimal ability and performance, you have to learn rest in order for your body to adapt from the training so that you get the increase. God has designed us in a way that in order to get the best and live optimally, it comes out of a place of rest. And actually, God never designed you to rest from work. He designed you to work from rest. When, when we see God created man, He created man on the sixth day, and on the seventh day, God rested. That means the very first day that man was around, He rested. So, so God didn't create man and then man worked for six days and then rested. No, 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 man started his journey with rest, and then he started working. God doesn't, hasn't designed you to rest from work. He wants you to work from a place of rest. When I bought my first car, my dad gave me some good advice. Um, he said, number one, don't thrash it and don't be an idiot. Good advice. He said, there's a number of tanks in this car that need to be topped up and stay full. You got a fuel tank, you need to make sure there's fuel in the tank. If you don't, it's gonna run out all the stuff at the bottom of the tank is gonna get drawn through the thing, it's gonna be bad. So that advice to a teenager with no money is just, it's deaf ears. I'm running that baby till the light comes on and then for 50Ks more. Some of you never grew out of that. He said, there's an oil tank, you gotta keep the oil. It's gonna be topped up, you gotta keep the oil high. Otherwise it's not gonna work. You gotta keep the, the water level, you gotta keep the water up because otherwise it's not gonna work. In order for the car to work, you gotta keep the tanks topped up. And I don't know if you know this, but God's designed you with a number of tanks that make up who you are. You have a physical tank, an emotional tank, a spiritual tank, you have a mental tank, and they make up who you are. And, 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 and for many of us, a lot of those tanks, they're probably sitting around quarter to half full. And, and you're on the verge of breakdown and you're, everything's falling apart. And, relationships are messed up and all these kinds of things. And it's because God never designed you to run and live and minister from quarter full tanks. He designed you to minister and live from a place of overflow. Overflow. And that, my friends, is what a Sabbath does, is it gives you this day in the week where you stop from work and you fill the tanks that need to be filled so you live your week not from a place of lack, but from a place of overflow, overflow. A few years ago, I realized that my tanks had got out of balance, out of whack, and I was running very low. And one of the main contributors I found was that I never switched off from work, and I wasn't honoring this principle that God had called us to live by called the Sabbath. I was always on my phone, always checking emails, always doing stuff. Even on days off, you're still like engaging in things. And since learning and understanding how God has called us to live and creating that margin and that stop, I've come to live from a place where my tanks no longer are running on quarter, they're now running on full, full to overflow. Friends, I don't know where you're at, what state of life you're in right now, what it looks like. I don't know. Um, how your work week is looking right now, but can I encourage you? Take a day off. Take a day off. Maybe some of you today, you're just living seven days a week. Work, 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 work. Take a day off. 
Some of you just never, never unplugging from this thing. You're always on work. You're always on work. You're always on. Take a day off. Some of you, your marriages are like at breaking point, and it's because you're both running on empty. And God wants to restore you and refuel you that you would live from a place of rest. Take the day off. Some of you right now, you can't even, you barely function mentally. You're like, oh, I'm just like, everything's just crazy. Take the day off. Some of you like getting ready and snarly at your kids all the time. Take the day off. Don't take one. Take one every week. Book it in, schedule it in, make it happen. Live in line with the way God's designed you to live. And I'm telling you, you'll start to live from a place of rest. If you stand to your feet, I'd love to pray for you this morning. Let's pray. God, I thank you for your presence here today. Lord, I bless each one as we come and we sit under your word and learn about this life you've created us to live. And so God, I pray for each of us here that we would be a people that don't feel the burden of needing to keep working and working and working seven days a week, but we would come in line with the life you've called us to live and take a day off. God, I thank you that what we will achieve in six by resting one will far exceed what we could ever achieve by working seven. Lord, I bless each one here today. Help us to have the wisdom and the courage to put margin in place, to change some stuff, to bring order into the chaos. I ask in Jesus' name. Just with your eyes closed and head bowed, I'd like to just pray one last prayer. If you're here in this room today and you don't know Jesus, I would love to give you an opportunity to come to know Him. The truth is God loves you, God made you. God made you with a purpose and destiny. We all mess up and we all fall short of God's standard. We all sin, but God sent His own Son, Jesus, to die on a cross for you and for me. When He died, He took upon Himself what you and I would do for our sin, and He extends to you today His free gift of grace. He loves you, He wants to forgive you, and He's got new life for you. If you're here today and you don't know Him, or maybe your life is far from Him, I'm gonna pray a very simple prayer right now. And if that's you, you just pray it with me in your heart. Just say these words right now, just say these words. Say, God, today I surrender my life to You. I know I've sinned, I know I've messed up, but I believe Jesus, you died for me. I ask you to come in and make me brand new today. In Jesus' name. Just with your eyes still closed and head bowed, I want you to be really brave right now. If, if you're here today and you pray that prayer, either for, the, either for the very first time or maybe you're coming back to God today, maybe you're getting life right with Him, I want you to be really brave. I'm gonna count to three. When I count to three, I want you to shoot your hand up nice and high, just real quick. I'm not gonna embarrass you. I'm not gonna call you out. I'm not gonna bring you forward, but I do want you to take a little step of faith. Are you ready? On the count of three, hands up nice and high. One, two, three. Hand up nice and high. Yes, God bless you. Yes, God bless you right down there. Yes, yes, my man. Yes, my man. I see you too. Anyone else saying, yep, right down the back. I see you there too. Anyone else saying, Steve, that's me. Count me in. I pray that prayer. Awesome, awesome, awesome. Lord, I thank you so much for your work in this place, for touching those lives. Lord, I bless them now in Jesus' name. Lord, I pray that as a people, we would learn what it is to live from a place of rest. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Come on, can we congratulate all those people who said yes to Jesus? Church.
Really quickly, uh, before you go this morning, if you raised your hand and said yes to Jesus, grab a connect card, tick the box that says, I've decided to follow Jesus, I wanna follow Him, grab it, tick it. If you wanna get connected in any way, grab a connect card. There's boxes in both the foyers, you can drop them in. We've got a prayer team that love to pray for you. Adrian Daniel, preaching at 5 p.m. It's gonna be an awesome night. Guests, please come to the guest lounge.